Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. All of you relax. This is a matter of inconvenient timing, that's all. I ought to kill you right now. Not a very private place for a murder. Well, I'm all broken up about that man's rights. What do you want to discuss now? My favorite color? That's classified. It's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Hey, everybody, this is Luke Bensey with another episode of the Global Security Consultant Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the difference, the differences between a poverty mentality and an abundance mentality. Now, originally, I was going to do a podcast this month on cognizant security strategy, uh, which is a, a sort of a specialty of ours here at SMI. But I actually just returned from Washington, D.C. yesterday, uh, where I was up there doing a, I was doing a Carver course along with Leo LeBay uh, and doing some counter espionage training as well as cognizant security strategy. Uh, we were doing a course all week for the the army up there. And while we were up there, it, it sort of struck me that I had not been following uh, my, my own rules. Uh, and those rules being, you know, what is the difference between having an abundance mentality versus a poverty mentality? So I'll give you an example of what I mean. So granted that this course was going to be for some military personnel, I was under the assumption that they would not have a, a higher, you know, or a per diem rate that would get them into, let's say, a, a traditional hotel that I might commonly use for one of these training courses. So by that, I was thinking, you know, maybe like a, a Ritz-Carlton or a high-end Marriott. They usually do Marriott properties, but something a little bit more high-end. But I figured, well, you know, this is sort of government. So so maybe, uh, you know, maybe because of government restrictions on, on price and stuff, I'll have to go with more of a of a budget hotel or a, or a business hotel. So that being said, I won't say the name of the, the hotel that I got, but it was a, a very prominent uh, American chain and they're set up for business travelers. So I rented out a room, uh, a conference room in there to hold the training. And as a result, I also requested a block of about 16 rooms for students as well as instructors, and then did my best to negotiate a, a good rate, you know, to include breakfast and and parking and free Wi-Fi and, and all the usually all the usual things that you normally negotiate for when you're hosting uh, a conference. So I went through this for a while, and then I got a, a notice from from the students, from the the team leader, saying, you know what, uh, we we are not going to stay in in that hotel. Uh, we've made other arrangements because of per diem. And I said, oh man, maybe maybe this was too high for them uh, anyway, but okay, nonetheless, they're, they're going to take care of their own lodging. So I will just go back and, and, and worry about the, the conference room. So, uh, you know, it's, it's the day before the, the conference and, and like any good instructor, I, I want to make sure that the room is set up. So uh, I go down the night before and, and check on everything and, you know, plug in the projector and the computers and test the audio and test all the videos and stuff. But when I go down to the room, uh, you know, I realize, hey, this, this isn't really set up that well. Uh, and there's nobody in the hotel that, that I can talk to. I go to the front desk and they're like, oh, well, uh, you know, the the uh, sales manager and the, you know, the catering folks, they're, they're not here for the night. Uh, this was on a Sunday and class was on Monday. So I said, all right, well, as long as all the electronics work, I'll come down extra early on Monday morning and make sure that, uh, you know, everything's set up. And so sure enough, the next day I get up, I go down there extra early uh, and they had set up the room, but their idea of setting up the room was that they had just thrown these these black, very wrinkled 
tablecloths on top of all of the tables. Now, I had actually used this hotel in the past, and you know they would have the nice fitted, uh, you know, sort of table sheets that go over the top, the really tight ones, so they're they're nice and clean looking. Uh, there'd be water pitchers on everyone's table on a nice little. Uh, I don't know what we call those, the, you know, those uh, coasters or whatever you put them on. Uh, there'd be candies in a candy bowl. There'd be the nice uh, notepads with pens and all those things. So none of that was there. It was just some wrinkled tablecloths, essentially. Uh, and then the other thing was the screen. I couldn't get the screen down. It was on a, on a key lock. So, okay. So I go to the front desk and I say, hey, you know, excuse me. Uh, you know, I'd request all these things. Could you help me out? To which the the manager on duty says, oh, well, you know, we, we don't do that anymore. We don't we don't iron stuff uh, anymore. And because of COVID, we don't do candies. We don't do water or anything like that, uh, you know, but we can get you your screen down. So, OK, fine. I said, then when does the uh, the uh, the catering team or the sales manager, the people that I had dealt with for all these weeks, when when do they show up? Oh, they'll be here maybe around noon. Around noon, well, you know, class is supposed to start around 8, 8 a.m., uh, which they were notified weeks in advance. So anyway, I said, well, you know, we had requested also that the students have coffee and water and tea and, and all those kind of things, you know, the, the basic continental stuff that you'd expect for any kind of training. Well, the manager said, I don't know anything about that. So then I have to go into the kitchen, find people in the kitchen. They don't know anything about it either. And, and again, I'm, I'm not, uh, the, the staff was great. Let me, let me just say that the, the staff was, was very excellent there. Uh, and we, because I had gone down early, we were able to get everything set up in time and, 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 and all of those type of things. So the class is going on for the week. Uh, and then we have another problem. The air conditioning unit doesn't work in the classroom. So the, the classroom, the coldest it gets in there is 79 degrees, usually hangs around 80 degrees. Now, bear in mind, this is summertime and it's about 95 to 100 degrees outside. Uh, so 80 in a classroom is not that comfortable. Um, the other problem was because it was tucked far, so far back in the, uh, in, the, in the building, the classroom could not get a Wi-Fi signal. Uh, in there or a very, very weak one at that. And so everyone, when they were on their computers together, every kind of, you know, gummed up the entire system. And then also uh, the other issue in there too, nobody could get a cell phone signal. So nobody could take any cell phone calls, text messages, anything like that uh, either. Uh, so it was, it was certainly getting uh, very, very, very frustrating uh, trying to operate uh, in this classroom. And fortunately, these guys were from the army uh, you know, they were, they were very good sports about it. They were tough. You know, I mean, they, they certainly been through a lot worse than just a hot classroom. So they were, they were very respectful and everything. We tried to make it as, as, you know, comfortable as possible, uh, that we could give them a lot of breaks and, and let them get outside, uh, every hour, uh, and, and all of those type of things. But the point that I'm getting with on this is I should not have gone with a, a budget hotel just because the assumption was, oh, well, these guys, we want to make it affordable for them. That was, that was the wrong decision on my part. And I sort of broke my own golden rule. Now, normally when I would do this, I would do this at the, the Ritz-Carlton and I'd make sure that, you know, you, you, you get what you pay for, essentially, is the difference between the poverty mentality and the abundance mentality. Uh, that if you're going to do it, do it right, uh, which I, I should have done. So I, I, I regretted that very much. Now, here's the kicker to this. Uh, the team leader shows up and tells me, oh, uh, and when I said, oh, well, where, where did you guys decide to stay? He says, oh, we're at the Ritz-Carlton. I said, you're at the Ritz-Carlton. I said, if I had known that, I would have, uh, you know, I would have moved the whole class there. I said, that was my original intention to have it over there. And it turns out that they were only paying $50 more per, per night. So for $50 more, uh, per room, 
per night. And then the classroom was probably be like another, you know, hundred, two hundred dollars more a night. We would have been at the the Ritz Carlton, which would have been a nice night, much nicer accommodations and all these things. Now, the the training went well. The students enjoyed it. It was a, it was a very enjoyable class. Everybody got a lot out of it, but it could have been so much better, and it should have been better. Uh, and the, and the the onus on this is on me. I'm not blaming the hotel. I am blaming this squarely on my own shoulders uh, for this. And and especially it's a life lesson, a reminder. Uh, you know, I tell people all the time that you need to have this abundance mentality, doing it the right way, uh, rather than, than doing it cheaply. I mean, I, I am one of the biggest proponents of, you know, if it's, if it's $500 cheaper to buy an airline ticket to make a stop or two stops or whatever it is to get to a destination versus flying there nonstop, I will not do that. I'm going to take the nonstop because my time is much more valuable. Uh, if I, if I have the opportunity, uh, to purchase a ticket in business class or first class, I am going to do that over buying an economy ticket. Now, this is not out of arrogance or the fact that I like some people that, Oh, that's a waste of money. No, it's not wasting time is a waste of money. So if I'm sitting in business or first I'm working, I'm not, I'm not sipping a cocktail. I'm not watching a movie. I am working. I'm preparing for the class. I'm working on a book. Uh, I'm working on another client's, uh, you know, project. So the, the most valuable commodity that any of us have is is time, uh, and it's it's the only democratic thing that we have probably in this whole world. We all get 24 hours a day. So an abundance mentality is I'm going to spend money to make sure that I am maximizing my my time. Uh, so. Uh, you know, it, that that's kind of the, the the lesson that I think all of us need to uh, adhere to is that do it right. Uh, you know, don't nickel and dime. And, and I have been kicking myself uh, since this class ended for not doing it, it correctly, for not doing it at the at the Ritz Carlton. Now, again, the students were not shortchanged. Let me let me make that very clear. And there was a lot of added value that we provided to make sure that there was no shortchanging uh, of anybody uh, for this. But, you know, if, if anyone ever read, I, I remember reading this in the 1990s, the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, you know, and, and, you know, say what you want about Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, the guy can be a controversial figure sometime, and he's done some some probably shady things uh, that, have, that have come out on like 60 Minutes and, and other things that I, I certainly don't agree with. But, but when, when he came out with his book, he, he, he really raised a good point saying that we're, we're in this in the United States, we're sort of raised with this mentality that, oh, you, you go to school, you get a good job, you stay at that job. Uh, you know, you're just a good employee. You slowly rise up on the ladder. You get your three weeks of vacation per year. Uh, and then when you're 65, 70 years old, you retire, you get your gold watch, you get your little pension, and then you go move to Florida. And then you spend about 10 years before you get sick. And, and then, you know, that's it. Uh, and where, you know, Robert Kiyosaki says, well, you know, you know, youth is kind of wasted on the young you know, why isn't that you maybe just work towards being the owner of the business? So you have employees who are working for you. Uh, and it's, and certainly it's not that easy as an entrepreneur who's been running my own business now for 12 years, I can tell you that the whole, you know, Tim Ferriss, four hour work week and all that nonsense. Now that's not, that's not real. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, you know, owning a business, you will be working more than you ever thought, uh, that you could possibly work. Uh, in your life when you're an entrepreneur. A 40-hour week would be like a vacation for you if you only work 40 hours a week. Uh, 
all the entrepreneurs that I know, especially the, the very successful ones, you know, they're working anywhere from minimum 60, more like 80 or 90 hours a week. Yeah, sure. You can decide when you go on vacation and, and take breaks or long lunches or something like that during the day. Uh, but, but you're always thinking about the business. You're always working on the business. You're always concerned about the business. It's like a, a child that you have to always kind of nurture and, and tend to and, and never really, you know, uh, just kind of let on its own for, for too long. You always want to check in to make sure that it's okay. So the, the point that I'm getting to with this, with this whole abundance versus poverty mentality is this, um, don't try to cut corners to put more money in your pocket. The way that you get around, we say, oh, but but if but if you fly coach or if you stay in a business hotel, uh, you're going to put that much more money in your part pocket, and it's being uh, you know a more responsible person fiscally. You're being more more responsible as an entrepreneur in your business. And hey, I'm I'm all about cutting expenses, unnecessary unnecessary expenses. I'm all for that. But again. At the same time, the the abundance mentality is, you know, if, if I'm going to put the students up in a nice hotel or if I'm going to do an event in a nice location, I'm going to do it right. And to pay for that, I'm going to charge accordingly, uh, i.e. I am going to charge for what I'm worth, for what the training is worth, what the value is worth. I'm not going to do some, and I've talked about this before, hourly billing or some nonsense like that. No, you're, you're, you're charging for a, a value that you provide for your clients. So you're going to do it right. And nobody, nobody wants to be, no, there's no client that I've ever met that says, Hey, guess what? I got the cheapest lawyer or, Hey, guess what? I got the cheapest dentist or the cheapest heart surgeon I could find, you know, no, nobody, nobody wants that. Uh, and you as a, as a consultant or a business owner, you don't want to be the the cheapest. Okay. I mean, sure. There's the Walmarts of the world that, that make it up on volume, but I don't know if that's, uh, that's what we aspire to. I'd rather be known as the, as the, uh, you know, the Aston Martin, uh, of the consulting business rather than the, you know, the, the Pinto or some, you know, some, some cheap, some cheap line. Uh, so that's the abundance versus, versus, uh, poverty mentality. And, and it's funny, the, the first night that I was up there, I called my, my wife from DC and I said, Hey, you know, this is what's happening. And Oh, by the way, the students are actually staying at the Ritz. And, and she told me, she's like, well, it's your own fault. You, you always preach that you, you do it right. You, you spend money, you do it first class. There you go. You wanted to cut corners and stay at a business hotel. And there you go. You get what you pay for. So uh, with that, uh, again, I, I meant to talk about cognizant security strategy, but uh, it's, it's good to admit our, our faults at times or when we've uh, you know, kind of gotten off the path. So this was a nice slap in the face reminder that we're going to do it right uh, moving forward and doing it first class. That's why uh, for those of you out there who are looking for a first class training experience, we actually have our, our latest uh, training is going to be called the Spy Lab Experience, which will be held at a very first class resort down in Key Largo, Florida. Uh, my wife and I have stayed there a couple times. I mean, it is really, it's really first class. Uh, we're bringing in some first class speakers. Uh, it's going to be high quality, high quality food, drinks, restaurants, everything. Uh, so this, this was a good reminder, uh, and it's going to make that experience even better. Uh, it's not going to be cheap, but you know, cheap is not a word that we want associated with SMI, nor should the word cheap 
be a word, uh, a word that's associated with your global consulting business. So uh, with that, I wish you all the best out there. Wish you continued success. Charge what you're worth. And remember, stay safe and vigilant out there.